We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire and presented by BetOnline.ag. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. Quick aside before we get into everything, obviously, crazy time to be alive right now. Keep yourself safe, keep your family safe, help people when you can, and wash your hands. Hopefully, we're on the other side of this thing sooner rather than later. I'm going to keep putting out regular episodes, and I'm going to try to do a bonus episode each week when I can. Obviously, I've got a little more free time, just like a lot of people do now. Uh, maybe talking sports TV, uh, you know, some other format, some something to just more sports movie talk. Uh, if you've got ideas, holler at me on the socials or on the brand new Big Screen Sports Facebook group. Just search that on Facebook. A uh, great place to talk sports movies. For today's episode, my guest today. It's my good buddy, Darren Vaught. He is the host of Covering the Bases. It's an interview series he's doing with USA Baseball. Uh, Covering the Bases, when, when Darren drops an interview with, uh, it, we'll, t- we'll talk about when the, you know, in the episode, but he's just one of the best in the business, does a great job with those interviews, really interesting mix of, of prospects, coaches involved with baseball, everyone with USA Baseball ties. Darren does a great job. Now, Darren is just a great guy with a really bad take, and that's what we're doing on today's episode. Darren, uh, big baseball guy, obviously, a big movie guy as well, but Darren joined me way back when, about a year ago now, to talk Major League, and he let me know then that he thinks that Omar Epps in Major League 2 was a better Willie Mays Hayes than Wesley Snipes in Major League 1. Folks, I couldn't have that, couldn't stand that take, had him back on to defend that take, and then also we, we talk, we compare and contrast Major League and Major League 2 a little bit, maybe talk about what Major League Two might have done a little bit better, how that movie could have been better. It's not the full Major League Two episode. We're, you know, we're saving that for down the road. But it's a fun conversation, Darren. Just great baseball guy, great movie guy. Love having Darren on. Uh, please go check out, follow him on social media. Uh, check out his podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Big underscore Screen Sport on Twitter, Instagram at Big Screen Sports Pod, my personal Twitter account at Kyle Banduho. Um, make sure you're checking out From Phenom to the Farm, my interview series with Baseball America every other Tuesday, if, if that's something you might be interested in. 
Also, if you are listening to this the day it drops, and that is Monday, March 16th, I am on J.R. Hickey's podcast, Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, The Entourage Pod, talking Season 4, Episode 10, The Snow Job of Entourage. It's a... I, I love JR's podcast. I, I've sung its praises. He does a great job with Oh Yeah. If you are an Entourage fan, definitely go over, subscribe to that channel, give it a listen. Next week on this podcast, as of now, uh, you know, plans could change. We don't know what's going to happen in the world. Uh, covering Goon with uh, my buddies Will DeFreeze and Brett Merriman. That's an in-person recording. Don't know if that's going to go down. We'll see. Uh, but for now, let's get to Darren Vaught of USA Baseball and debate some Major League Two. Okay, my guest for this special Real Debates episode of Big Screen Sports, you might remember him from way back when, almost a year ago now, covering Major League on what I believe was the third episode of what was then Trouble with the Script, what is now Big Screen Sports. It is my buddy, the host of Covering the Bases with USA Baseball, Darren Vaught. Darren, thank you so much for returning to this podcast. Of course, man. The long-anticipated return visit after a, a name change and many, many, many wonderful episodes later. I'm happy to do it. We've been circling this one for a while, but before we get into you defending two pretty rough takes, if we're going to be honest, <laughs> in, in my opinion, um, I... I Tell the folks about your podcast, about covering the bases. It's one of my favorite. It is a listen for me every time you drop an episode. It's a great interview series. Tell the folks what you're doing. Yeah, so it's uh, the official podcast of USA Baseball. Again, it's called Covering the Bases. Um, one of my favorite things about the name, just sort of a tangent here, is that it's also, Covering the Bases was also the name of Bronson Arroyo's covers album when that he put out after the Red Sox won the 2004 World Series uh and that is back when he had cornrows yes I'm not mistaken (laughs) yes and it's really just him doing bad covers of Stone Temple Pilots he does Shimmer by Fuel uh the opening track is Slide by Goo Goo Dolls obviously there's another pun which is which is well intended to, to to have the double meaning uh, as it pertains to baseball there. So Covering the Bases, the official podcast of USA Baseball, an interview series that we just actually just today, the day that we're recording this, dropped episode 16, and we've amped up our frequency in this year, 2020. So we're doing two a month as opposed to just one a month. But uh, it, it's I've, I've had a lot of fun doing it. The most recent was Heston Kerstad of Arkansas, and he's the second in our sort of uh, double series within the podcast that we're calling Prospects on Deck. So Kerstad, the second along those lines, we're you know, set to have Spencer Torkelson, another potential top pick. Um, Austin Martin of Vanderbilt was on as well for episode one of the Prospects on Deck within the podcast covering the bases. But, you know, as you know, we've had Jessica Mendoza, Chipper Jones, the Hall of Famer. We're uh, making plans to have two more Hall of Famers on in the near future, which I'm excited about, but not not 100% sure enough in to to be able to say their names. But I'm, I'm really... Suffice it to say, I'm really excited what we're, what we're doing and what we've got coming up with the pod, for sure. 
Will you be recording with Torkelson like mid AB since he doesn't have to worry about anything going in the strike zone for him? <laughs> He's been able to take a lot of ABs off. That's year. a fantastic idea. Um, I, I might try to catch him. I am going. I am going to Arizona for a bachelor weekend uh, in a few weeks. I legitimately might look that up and see if we can just get a lob on him in the batter's box and work in as many questions as I can through four pitches. And we'll just we'll piece together a few at bats, <laughs> like guys throwing around him. Maybe he sees five or six pitches here or there. That should get us, you know, five minutes. The first five minutes of the pod. <laughs> no one's had a more miserable spring than scouts going to see Spencer Torkelson. No, it's a complete waste of time. I mean, you know what you're getting for the most part. So, a there's not much to find out about Torque, and B you're not gonna you're not gonna discover anything new. <laughs> I think I, I haven't looked at his stats since this past weekend. We're recording this on on March 4th. This episode probably dropping, I believe, Monday, March 16th, if you're listening to this. So a new episode of Covering the Bases, I assume, it, nice and fresh when you, when you listen to this one. But I'm pretty sure Torkelson has an OBP over 600 still. Yeah, it's something along those lines. He hit another absolute moonshot uh, just the other day. I did see that against fa- Fullerton. Yeah, and uh, I think it was Angel's writer, Fabian Ardea, who uh, tweeted out the video that I saw for it, and it was just a blast. That dude is so strong. Well, Darren, from one power hitter to another, because <laughs> back when we covered Major League about a year ago, what is still one of my favorite episodes. The, our episodes are pretty evergreen, folks. If you haven't listened, you can go back and, and check it out. You, uh, you spouted off, off quite the take. And, Darren, the floor is yours. Lay out your take. You said that Omar Epps was a better Willie Mays Hayes in Major League Two than Wesley Snipes. Darren, yeah, and, defend yourself. And That's I why you're here. I didn't quite realize how hot this take was because I, I just slid it in relatively nonchalantly. And you were like, no, 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 we're, we're going to talk about this. <laughs> And you and I have had conversations, not even for recording or, or for a podcast about this since then. But I, I realize part of this argument is going to be totally subjective in a number of ways, right? However, and you'll hear this in my commentary generally about Major League Two as it pertains to other characters, but... Omar Epps, and it probably would have been the case with Wesley Snipes had he stayed on the franchise and been Willie Mays Hayes in the second edition of the movie, but Omar Epps is the epitome of the success getting to your head, getting to their heads, that is the overall premise of Major League Two. So I want to start by saying, yes, I think Omar Epps was a better... Willie Mays Hayes, but I think that there's a possibility it could just be because of the writing that went into Major League Two, therefore not necessarily dependent on Omar Epps versus Wesley Snipes. So Willie Mays Hayes, he has more to do in Major League Two. I'll give you that. There is more written into the character. Yeah, which is the case for most characters, I think, and, and would argue most characters that are back. And then the introduction of some new characters, of course, which we can talk about later. But it's 
there are so many things in this film that are, and I just like with within an hour of us recording this, did my my most recent rewatch, and it just I, I I texted you while I was watching it, and it just reinforces how much I love this movie. Um, two scenes that I think ep- epitomize what they wanted to get out of Major League Two, and it is I mean predictably after the fight. During the, I think it was a doubleheader, right? The, the doubleheader they had, yeah. they fought, yeah, which it's, ended it's the, the first the game. They go back bonding, and the team bonding game. Yeah, basically. it's it's the turnaround game, right? They they get into a, a literal fight on the field. Bob Euchre is Harry Doyle, Harry Doyle, fantastic throughout that, obviously. And then they go to the locker room, and Rube does the whole. I I don't I can't believe you guys just said that that you don't want to go out and play the second game. You know we're. We've been dreaming of this since we were kids. Whatever. I'll, I'll lay it all on the line, uh, coach. So when they go back out, Hayes, or Epps, wants to um, pinch run. So he goes in for a runner at first base. He proceeds to steal second, third, and home, which is an incredible scene. It's the, like the, the, the turnaround of the film. And I think like there's a chance Snipes would have been able to do that just as well. But it's just such a badass scene that it it makes it. I I tend to favor Epps because of it. In the second, which again probably could have been executed by Wesley Snipes, but Hayes walks, and this is in the I think the final game uh, when, in, when in he, which they win uh, the Parkman, ALCS when he... and Parkman right so. Yeah. And part of this is is some of the the storytelling and the writing and the cohesion that's incorporated in the film that plays a part and certainly helps Epps' case. But he walks, and on the hit to the wall, Epps rounds third and is coming home. There's a play at the plate. And remember when he said before he walked, I don't intend to slide, right? When he comes back around. So Portman... Hunched up, ready to to keep a hold of the ball while Epps tries to take him out because Parkman had just taken out Rube Baker and gotten a run out of it. And Epps just flies over him. And it's the perfect scene because they, u- they utilize slow-mo a lot for Willie Mays Hayes, and especially in the first major league, they use yeah, it with Snipes the, to the run snipes, The Snipes. Maze Hayes. Yeah, yeah. The Snipes Maze Hayes, they utilize it a lot to just it, it illustrate how fast he is or to not play themselves by making him run, and it turns out he's not that fast, Wesley Snipes. So they use the slow-mo again, which is maybe not intentional, but it just that's where my mind went, is that, oh, cool, Willie Mays Hayes, slow-mo, but this time he's flying through the air and ju- leaping over Jack Parkman, who is the, the key villain in the second one, which is another reason I like the second one better, because the key villain is a player, and they develop him really well. But the, 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 he's and w- one, he, he duped Parkman into the play, and two, it's his swagger afterward, man. He's yelling as he's jumping over him, Sucker! And when he slides in, I just think Epps does like cool swagger better than Wesley Snipes did. With Snipes it was more of like a like a an obnoxious cocky, which is fine and it's what the character is predicated on, 
But after some success, he levels it out and it turns more into just just cool confidence. So is your so like the ratio of your take, how much of your take is I like what the character Willie Mays Hayes is doing or has to do more in Major League Two than Major League versus I think Epps is doing a better job than Snipes. There's a I don't know if I could put it into a percentage. Um I I don't know. So like it's it's a ridiculous scene when in spring training Hayes or Epps as Hayes steps up and calls his shot, right? Ridiculous yes. scene. Like laughably bad. I think I would have taken it less seriously with Snipes. For whatever that's worth, I, I would have taken it less. It would be more ridiculous with Wesley Snipes. And I think it's just Epps looks a little bit more like the part. And I, I don't even know that I can describe it that way uh, or, or, or more eloquently than that. Um, they also incorporate the actual Willie Mays catch toward the end in one of those montages, which is a really, really cool nod to baseball culture, which I think there are a lot of that might get overlooked otherwise in Major League Two. Um, so I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to split that. Um, so I mean, it's, it's maybe fifty-fifty. Yeah, which I, I've, I'm, I've I'm interested to hear. So they're 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 being asked to do different things, kind of like you said. Snipes is asked to be a little more comedic. And a little, you know, and, and that cocky at the end, that that comedic confidence. But there's also a little bit of of insecurity in, in Willie Mays Hayes, for sure. Especially as there in spring is in training, all of when them. he's you know he's doing the the thing with the snake, like he's not a hundred percent sure he's making this team or or sticking it out. Um, so he, Snipes has to be a little more comedic, which I think Snipes is better at being funny than Epps is. I mean, if you just look at the actors and their role, there's a lot of stuff that Snipes has done that I don't think Epps could do. I don't think Epps could be in White Man Can't Jump and it's still good. Yeah, 100%. Um, I don't know if he's as good in U.S. Marshals, which is one of my favorite. Oh, my God, U.S. Marshals is on TV. I have to watch this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if Epps would have been as good as Blade. I think Snipes is just ceiling as an actor is better. I do think Epps does a good job with the the cocky, power-hitting... Think quote-unquote power-hitting success got to my head. (laughs) Yeah. Hayes, I just think that... Given they're given different things to do, I just think Snipes hits a higher ceiling as as Willie Mays Hayes. I I think that it would have been really funny if they lean, and this will go into when we talk about Major League Two. If they would have really like leaned into, oh Hayes put on some muscle and wants to be a power hitter. If they would have cast someone like he's probably too old, but if they would have cast someone with the build of like a Carl Weathers and just really leaned into like, <laughs> Oh man, Willie got big in the off season. I mean, it's 90, it's 94. There's a lot going on there. Uh, so that, that would have been my thing. I just think the ceiling and what snipes can do versus the, the heights that Epps can do is just different. And that's what I, I stand for for Wesley Snipes as Willie Mays Hayes. He's my Willie Mays Hayes. 
Sure, and that's totally fair. Epps will forever be mine, I think. And again, we'll talk about the movie at large. But perhaps uh, I, I, your point, your comedic point about Snipes is well taken because again, I, they're it, they're totally different roles in a lot of ways, and maybe that was intentional as they went into Major League Two, knowing they didn't have Wesley Snipes, and especially with the additions of Tanaka and Rube, like I feel like I had my comedic fill elsewhere, and I I wasn't depending on 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 Epps or or Hayes for that in the second one. And I don't know, maybe maybe it's just a subjective thing between me and you, but viewing the the film through this lens, I didn't find myself craving that aspect of of the Hayes character when watching Major League Two. And and again, maybe that was what maybe that's because I was watching under the guise of I'm going to defend Omar Epps as the better Willie Mays Hayes. Maybe not, but I, you know, I liked him anyway. So perhaps subconsciously even that's what was going on the very first time I saw it. Well, I, I guess that, that kind of leads us into the bigger debate. We're going to compare both movies. Uh, let's take a quick break here from our sponsors and then get back for that. Big Screen Sports is presented by BetOnline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or college basketball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. BetOnline still has hundreds of places to wager, and it's time for you to turn that room that you're quarantining yourself in into your own personal casino. From BetOnline's online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online, you don't have to touch anyone. Sports aren't totally done. There's still mixed martial arts and esports on the rise. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet on American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your new ticket to online action. All right, and we're back. So, so Darren, before the break, we we were breaking that we were comparing the Willie Mays Hayes of Major League Two versus the the Wesley Snipes of the original Major League. I want to, I we have not done, on this podcast, have not done the full Major League 2 episode, but you're a huge Major League 2 fan. And I think, I, I would like to compare and contrast the movies, maybe talk about what was better, what was worse, how, what could have put Major League 2 over the top. Because Major League, I mean, you're a Major League 2 stan, you have to admit, Major League has seen much more positively by the general public than Major League Two. Oh yeah, and, and I in in preparation for this pod, I, I rarely go to Rotten Tomatoes except for there's a, a a radio show that I do. We make a a bit out of it, a segment out of it, trying to guess Rotten Tomatoes scores. Um, but otherwise, I don't I don't care. I, I don't pay much attention to to those types of things. But I just happened to pull up Major League Two. Did you know it's a five percent on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, like, okay, so that that's five. Unfair. That's unfair. I, that's I will a, say that For is a movie a, I've seen a lot. That is that's cruel. Yeah, that is abhorrent. I mean, that's that is I, I, that's Wicker Man territory for me. I, I, there aren't many films that I would just casually throw single digits at. Um, so I thought that was a little out of line. So. Your point about the public perception of the film, well taken and understood. I like it because 
and it's just like the first one, and I'm not at all saying that the first one's bad. Like I, I, I think that Major League Two, in some ways, is better than Major League, but I love both of them. I think I just like the the development in so many ways. I think Major League walked or power walked, however you want to play the analogy, so that Major League Two could run. It was so important to have a second movie to develop fully some of these characters that they just really kind of kind of Tommy gun at you in the first one because there's such a, a a wide array of them and in the in the film age I, I don't have the the lengths of both of them um off the top of my head but you know they're they're 90 minutes or so hour and 45 for the second one now that I'm, I'm seeing it so you know 90 minutes to two hours on, on both of them. Well, that's not enough time to do what they did throughout both movies. And they est- Major League, after you watch the second one, to me anyways, it seems like they, was, they established all the characters to make them question themselves in the second one and divert to the opposite side of whatever spectrum they're on only to come back somewhere in the middle. There's, there's a, it's, fu- it's funny because this is supposed to be a goofy baseball movie, Kyle, but like, there's something beautiful about that to me, in, in a way. Like, uh, Serrano abandons Joe Boo after the first one. Boy, he comes back. He's full-on Buddhist. Doesn't want to hurt a thing. Tanaka's influence, along with some other things, find him meeting somewhere in the middle there and right there's there's this like the two wolves fighting within you sort of analogy that that comes to mind when it comes to Serrano and he 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 lands on his best self with both Joe Boo and Buddha in his locker Vaughn is the ex-con in the first one he tries to do the the shape up corporate guy doesn't like that he comes back to to center and finds his best self and is throwing triple figs again toward the end. It's just, there's a lot of that. And especially with, with uh, Epps as Willie Mays Hayes too. He, he loses himself as a player in a lot of ways. Does the Hollywood thing and does the film with Jesse the Body Ventura. and Arguably and comes, the best part, the best edition of Major League. No doubt. No doubt. Black uh, Thunder, White Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Mine are the deadest. Clink. <laughs> um, but there's, there's just... There's a lot of beauty in that to me. And Jake Taylor deals with the psychological stuff of transitioning from his playing days but not wanting to let go of the game. There's like there's some real emotion in the the very round development of the characters. And I think that's what Major League 2 was made for was to finish telling those stories that were awesome in the first movie but didn't quite get fully fleshed out just because there there were so many of them. I mean, right it's similar, it's not dissimilar anyway, to like a show, a, a TV show like The Office, you know? There's so many characters that eventually are so well-developed. Well, it went, what, seven seasons, eight seasons? So you just need time for these things to work out and to tell them in a way that, that you fully get the picture of who they are. So where I'll come in and, and kind of not argue against it, but like, there is a good movie. Major League Two is enjoyable. I don't think, for me, it's not nearly on par with the first one in terms of just being a good, as good a movie. But it, it does, it doesn't fall flat. It's not like you, you mean it, in, it's in, not like uh, 
more conventional cinematic ways. Yes. Because I fully agree with you there. Yeah. Like, as as a film, things. Major League is made at a at a at a better quality. Yeah. So I'll agree with you there. Yeah, and, and expanding on the sword, it's something that if you're a fan of Major League, you should at least be a fan of Major League too. At least enjoy watching because there are parts about it. It is still quotable, which is one of the the most iconic things about Major League is how many of those quotes. Like how often it, it, baseball season is about to start, just a bit outside. You're going to hear course. that a million times. Major League Two is is still quotable. It does good things, like you said, in advancing the story. Um, I love the Rick Vaughn trying to pitch without velocity. Yeah, thing. Um, I like adding the young Rube Baker character. I like adding the yips. Um, a good thing about Major League Two, you lose less when it's on TV. When it's on MLB Network, they don't really have to cut much out. Major okay. League, you're getting like half that movie. I will say, I watched it on Netflix like today, just a, a couple of hours ago. And I did what I didn't expect to lose was the subtitles when Tanaka was speaking Japanese or when Serrano was speaking Spanish because those are some of the funniest lines delivered in the movie or or the uh, the the grounds crew when they're speaking. Oh, those are the best in the opening scene. So I'm watching on Netflix and I don't have those subtitles. I don't know if you've watched it since they put it on Netflix, but no, the, the, you're you're without those if you watch Major League Two on Netflix here on March fourth. <laughs> that's see, that's tough. Uh, I think bringing in Parkman was good. I think Parkman is might be a better villain than Clue Haywood. They, I mean, they obviously give him more to do. Yeah, they, they well, Haywood barely constitutes as a villain. Uh, rather than just being the opposing player. And that's that's one of the arguments that I would make in favor of Major League Two. They made the true villain one of them. And that there there are, sneakily, there are a lot of very sound, culturally, baseball things in this film. One of which being, player gets traded away, you know he he's a dick. We don't like him anyway, and the villain becomes the player, and he's just this cocky douchebag that nobody likes. Even when they were on the same team, he wasn't likable, and he's really well fleshed out as a character, and I, I love that. Um, I've got to get into what was what was what what was worse about it. Frankly, what makes yeah it for not sure. Go ahead. Hit the. I think the the trouble of I mean of just doing the same plot, frankly, the same exact. They're basically except for them starting as good, but just basically like, oh, they're bad again. Oh, they got it. that. That was tired to me. I think they could have done something better. Uh, the only movie that has done the uh like we're doing the same thing and done it to perfection as a comedy is 22 jump street when they're very open the whole movie about well, do, it, it's the same thing it, yeah it's very time. meta even they they exactly. they joke on themselves about it being the same thing i don't exactly. i don't know that it 100% is that in my eyes just because i mean if you're doing a movie about a baseball team without diverting too far from what they're all congregated to do, the object always is going to be for the team to win, right? Yes. So they, did, they didn't win the pennant in the first one. And 
the second one sees them do that. So it, as much as I, 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 I encourage films to not always have a happy ending, it was sort of the culmination of a lot of things, which I already referred to individually with characters. But that was sort of the culmination as well. Like they, they didn't win the pennant in the first one. They win it in the second one, finally. And um, I, they just used the detail of the, the parallel individual stories in this one. That was the object. So I think the format, though ultimately is the same with them trying to win and, and overcome adversity, I, I think it's it's different enough to where I didn't see it quite the way you did. I've got a way... I thought of a way that they could have done that better, them needing to win that that happy ending, okay. and, but, but still making it different than the first movie. There are two real things that I'm just like, that stand out to me of I can't take Major League Two as seriously or just enjoy it as much as I do Major League. One is the age. The five-year five difference in age with everyone when it's supposed to be the next year. It's very glaring. <laughs> I think about especially with uh, Tom Berenger, who obviously the older people get, the it's seemingly the faster they sure. age. And then um, the owner, whose name is escaping me. Yeah. Um, you mean Roger Dorn? No, no, no. Uh, not, not, not Corbin Burnson. The uh, Rachel Phelps. Yeah, Rachel Phelps. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's bad. And then the the depiction of Tanaka is very. It reminds me of how the Indian characters in Peter Pan were depicted. Yes, and I had that thought. Um, it's a it's it's super super extreme. And they do the same for Serrano in Major League. It's one of the big. We talked about it. It's one of yeah, the big. It's flaws one of the major, ma- major flaws in Major League is they go too far in depicting Serrano as like voodoo guy. Um, I, well, th- to the point where Tanaka in in the clubhouse is wearing a kimono and has like a samurai sword in his waist. Like, what, what, <laughs> what possible reason does he have to to have that in the clubhouse? Contrast <laughs> it's ridiculous. that with how a movie like Mr. Baseball depicts Japanese culture and Japanese baseball culture, and it's night and day. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a that's a a really really good point. Uh, that's a okay. That's that is a con, one hundred percent. I don't have many of those, but that one is an absolute con. Uh, as opposed to pros, there were there were some smaller things too that just didn't line up to me. Like uh, in, in spring training, when Parkman is introduced as a character and he walks into the clubhouse. And Vaughn and Hayes look over, and they see him in his jacket and his sunglasses. They're like, "Oh, who's that? It must be our new free agent." Well, like, you you guys—he's one of the best hitters in the league. They talked about that in the in the opening sequence. You guys don't know what he looks like. Uh, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah, you some, guys would have read the paper. Yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, I, I think most major leaguers know of most other major leaguers, right? Especially if it's a big blockbuster move. Before you meet him in the clubhouse during spring training, you're going to know what your teammate looks like at the very least. Um, there's another part. It, it's in the the turnaround game where, and it's after Hayes 
gets gets in as a pinch runner and then steals second, third, and home. Yeah. And Serrano wants to pinch hit. And now that technically they're not in the wrong here because it's not like we were shown a lineup card or anything like that. But like, why the hell is Pedro Serrano not already in the lineup? He says he just walks up like the un, the entire movie we're led to believe he's in the lineup for good. He's he's starting every day. And again, it's possible doubleheader especially that they're just like, all right, well maybe where he's going to sit this second game, especially with all the chaos of the fight in between games. But also, he goes up to Taylor, and Taylor's like, yeah, get in there. No thought given to who is currently at the bat. Yeah, and he could have been he, pinch hitting for the second yeah, baseman. Yeah, he just he just throws Serrano into the game and uh, without a second thought. But that, again, comes up as Taylor is the ultimate, ultimate player's manager because he lets... He lets Vaughn walk the bases loaded for Parkman in the end. So, you know, he's like, oh, what the hell? <laughs> I've played I've played for some really good like players, manager, player coaches. My last coach with uh, with the Roanoke Rails, actually, the team that, that you and I met when we played for, was the ultimate players guy. I love playing for him. But letting Jake Taylor just takes that to a new level. Jake he Taylor does. doesn't give a shit. No, it's an insane, unrealistic level in a in a, a lot of ways. But, again, in talking about very pertinent baseball culture aspects that this this film hits on, that it might not even have intended to in every aspect, there is, like, in the, the build-up to that fight during the doubleheader, he, in his first game, I believe, after replacing Lou following the heart attack, is the, the old guy or the the recently done playing guy as the manager and they're not taking his word seriously. You know what I mean? That it's, it's Hayes doesn't want to go in because his leg hurts or whatever. Um, Vaughn doesn't want to go in cause he's afraid he'll get lit up again. And, and Dorn doesn't want to do anything like Dorn when he, he doesn't want to go in and get hit by the pitch. And then when he gets on first, he doesn't want to get pinch run for, there's a lot of that that, you know, isn't necessarily a direct parallel because I think Dave Ross for the Cubs is going to, you know, command a little bit more respect than that. But it's it, it's it's it brings to mind present day baseball things, which is cool. And maybe that just means it's it ages a little bit better in some ways than the Tanaka character, which is is good because then it can sort of buoy at the level that I see it and I saw it when I first watched it in the mid '90s or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of the stuff they did to add conflict. This whole Willie trying to be a power hitter, success having gone to his head, Vaughn struggling with his arm, which is a thing that happens. Um, it's, you know, young guy doesn't have his fastball anymore. Uh, I don't love as much the whole Serrano super peaceful thing now. I just think I think they could have gone a different direction with it. But I have I have a scenario or something that I. It, I think could have, I don't think, major, major League for me is almost impossible to top by a sequel, but could have made this one better. And and you got to tell me what you think, because I think th- this movie came out in 94, it's five years later. I think you said it five years later. This team's been together for five plus years. They can't get over the hump. Haven't been able to get to the World Series. Ooh, okay. So it, it's years of buildup and struggle, and and then the viewer instantly feel it like, oh my, these guys who who made the playoff, we watched them, you know, win that game against the Yankees, and still been able to do it. 
Um, you know, Rick is, is trying to leave as a free agent in the off season. Um, and he's, but he's trying to learn how to pitch. You bring the same thing. He's trying to learn how to pitch with less fastball velocity. He's getting older. You know, he's getting closer to 30. Can't throw a hundred anymore. He's trying, you know, doing that. Willie's kind of lost his legs. Uh, you bring in more Jesse, the body Ventura. Cause I, I think we really needed, they, I don't <laughs> think did, they had him needed on more set for too long, but I, I, I really needed to see much more of that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't hate that idea. I don't know that it changes the plot drastically, but it 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 probably satisfies your aesthetic hang hangups. Like yeah, it, Vaughn it to makes me it a little more is, realistic. Yeah, Vaughn to me is so obviously older as you know Charlie Sheen as as Vaughn is, and I don't think that's one you even mentioned earlier Behringer I don't mind as much because again he is portraying the old guy the old player yeah but it looks like Jake Taylor had the worst offseason of all time also the fact <laughs> that they somehow got Renee Russo back for this movie is kind of and they surprising. only gave her like one line she what had the to hell? Have only been on set for one day she yeah. had to have been like I'm give I'll give you guys a day she did that like her only scene was the the well, Jake, I think you know what you're going to do already when it when he was faced with the decision of of managing or or what was it like a, a per, personal finance job or something with her a brother or cousin or whatever. But like you get Rene Russo back and that's it. And and I actually like that in this one the romantic angles and and elements were very minimal. You really only have the one with Vaughn. And Which it, I've got some questions about, and too. it and it doesn't loom large, like it doesn't have a huge impact on the movie as a whole. So I, I like that those are limited, but damn it, if you get Renee Russo for a sequel, use her. And she's the only one who didn't age. She still looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, true. And Jake Taylor, true. Jake Taylor. I mean, it is in the terms of the movie universe. It has been four to five months since we've last seen these guys. It's been about four months because we get them at the beginning of spring training. And the last time we saw them in Major League was in September, the end of September. It's been four months. Jake Taylor has aged like a three-term <laughs> president. He looks terrible. Sheen looks older. Uh, S- Willie Mays Hayes doesn't look anything like he used to. Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> everyone's everyone's gotten older. Obviously, Serrano Serrano still looks great because black don't crack. He looks exactly the same. Heard. There look, you go. Looks perfect. But everyone else, Serrano and Rene Russo look great. But that age thing, setting the movie, you know, five years in the future would have actually benefited. I think. I also have my last real thing: the the Rick Vaughn love story that you mentioned. Yeah. So again, it's been four months since we've seen these people. The last time we saw these people, the end of September, Rick Vaughn has just had sex with Mrs. Dorn. Unknowingly had sex with Mrs. <laughs> Dorn. When did this relationship with Nikki start? And then when did he not call her and then start the relationship with this eight? There's a lot of lot of questions. No, that's one hundred percent true because they do kind of bring her out of nowhere, which I, I, I like. I don't mind, you know what I mean. In, in literary terms, there's a, a Latin phrase "in medias res," which means in the middle of things. So it's actually like a a literary technique to begin stories after uh, important actions have occurred. But in this sense, I, I that's a that's a really interesting point. Like there hasn't been enough time. 
for a relationship like that to have come and gone. I don't, I don't think. Now, look, R- Ricky Vaughn like lives fast, and I would assume loves super fast as a character. So I think so too. May- maybe something really serious in the span of like three months, but uh, you're, I mean, you're, you're, you're microwaving the storyline there in a, in a lot of ways. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I will say, I mean, Major League Two is certainly better than 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. That is less than Summer Catch, by the way. I was so upset by that. That's well, t- it's still... Um, I think it and Summer Catch both should be like in the 90s, but yeah. whatever. Ooh, that's, 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 that's a conversation for <laughs> Exaggerative. another, another Exaggerative, podcast. But <laughs> um, it's, still, it's still very rewatchable. I will always throw it on when it's on TV. They did a couple. They brought a couple things into the franchise that were really good. The the Vaughn trying to pitch without velocity, especially Rube Baker. The character of Rube Baker is just a, a he's a precious gem. Um, Darren, I don't think this is the last that we will be discussing Major League versus Major League Two or or which Willie Mays Hayes is better. But I appreciate <laughs> you coming on the podcast debating with me a little bit this this definitely won't be the last time tell the folks again where they can follow you and where they can catch your podcast uh yeah so i'm on twitter that's probably the most used most frequently seen on uh social medium that you'll find me on at darren vaught d-a-r-o-n-v-a-u-g-h-t um, covering the bases, the official podcast of USA Baseball is anywhere you listen to your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We actually post every episode to the USA Baseball YouTube channel as well with a static graphic, but you know, still listenable there as well. So uh, feel free to give a subscribe and check us out if you're a Seattle Mariners fan or a small-time college baseball fan. Kyle Lewis should be dropping about two days after this episode of Big Screen Sports does. I'm so, sure we uh, have a big Mercer College demographic. Mercer <laughs> yeah. University. I'm not even sure what they go yeah, by. Yeah, I think they're Mercer U now, technically. But uh, no, uh, Kyle, was he's had a, a crazy story and was embattled through injuries his first year and a half in professional baseball, won the Golden Spikes Award out of Mercer, which is a huge and incredible story in and of itself. Um, I just wanted to, 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 to dwell on his relationship with Ichiro now that he's an, a Mariners outfielder, but I eventually had to move on from that and, and talk about Kyle a little bit. But uh, that was a really good one, so that should be dropping shortly after this episode of uh, your big screen sports does. Well, Darren, thank you so much. Covering the bases is one of my favorite podcasts in the game. Everyone go follow it. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe, rate, review. You know the drill. Uh, you can catch us next week. We are going to be talking Goon with Brett Merriman and Will DeFreeze from the Circling Back podcast, so tune in for that. Uh, if you are a baseball fan, if you like baseball interviews, much like Darren's series, please go check out From Phenom to the Farm, an interview series presented by Baseball America. You can follow me on Twitter, at Kyle Bandujo, and we will catch you next Monday. Thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. 
Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.